himself. He's to the five to the end zone for the touchdown. Aaron Rodgers just inside the pylon, and the Packers lead it 23 to 14. How does that feel for you? Like that—that's what I want to know. Like, okay, I'm a Packer fan, so I don't understand. I mean, I've said before, I've said it again. To me, like this—this this isn't a rival. Like, I don't. It's not. It, it okay. It's a rivalry in the sense that we hate each other, but it's not a rivalry in the sense of accomplishment. Like, the Bears just and like Roger said it, and he and if you're a Bears fan. Like, Olin Krutz said, I want to punch him in the face. Yeah, you want to punch him in the face. That's all well and fine. But you have to you have to back it up. Right. Somehow. What are you going to say? The guy's 22-5 and five against us, and we just had the coolest intro, intro music and <laughs> to this podcast. And it, like, to, I'm not over it yet, but I'm over it in the sense of, like, what are you going to do? Like... He's Aaron Rodgers is going to Aaron Rodgers and that's that. And we'll save. I'll save everything else for. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about it later. So welcome to LR Weekly Week Seven Edition. We are coming to you a day early. Uh, Christian is about to go be reckless on fall break. We're going to leave it at that. Um, hopefully he comes back in one piece, buddy. Uh, we do have Week Eight to record next week. Oh, I'll be so, back. So um, we, we need you back. I'm hoping to fund some new equipment or something okay. that we <laughs> build can us have. a recording studio. Yeah, we're hoping like to you know at billions. We're looking for billions, billions, and Christian by a billion. Yeah, we're um, hoping so. Well, hey, here's my only thing though. Recapping last week's picks though, if you're gonna put any money, I'm not real confident in you. Uh, well, seven I'm, and seven. I'm gonna say last week as a whole of pickums, um, this is not good. I think our worst week by far. Yeah, it is, and um, I think it's good that I got that week out of my system before okay. I leave and go fair, to fair to the land of lights. Fair, fair enough. So, um, just re- recapping games real quick because we have a long rivalry roundtable uh, to get to this week. Uh, the Thursday night game. Tampa's one of those teams where like they cannot play well at all, which they didn't on Thursday at all, and still pull out a road win. Yeah, um, I, and I think uh, Philadelphia was not in this game at all in the first half and really responded well in the second half. Um, but again, um, Tom Brady's going to Tom Brady. Uh, he's just he's you give him the ball up six. With time on the clock. It's game over. The game is over. You're not going to be able to get the ball back. It's, um, again, this is why he's the greatest of all time. He's just, he knows how to win football games. Now, is everyone going to look back on this and be like, wow, Tampa Bay only beat Philadelphia by six? It doesn't matter. You won on the road. You won on the road. And I think, um, but again, uh, Jalen Hurts really fought in this game. I think... It's really Jalen Hurts versus everybody else. And and here's here's my worry. We're now several weeks into the Jalen Hurts experiment. And I, I'm honestly wondering, is he truly an NFL starting quarterback? I get that the Bucks are a phenomenal defense. They are. I mean, no one's going to take anything away from that defense. You can't go twelve of twenty six and only one hundred and fifteen yards. Like that's 
That is my biggest worry for Jalen Hurts because and if you you think back, he he never was a part of the big game. Like he got Alabama all the way to the championship, but then Tua won the championship, and and you just wonder is this Jalen Hurts thing going to be able to last? Yeah, and I I, I and I guess you know you're a little bit more than a third of the way through. I, I don't know. I just I worry for Jalen Hurts, but I agree with you. He really has no help. Yeah, and, it's it, and that's that's the worrisome. But here's for me. the problem: he has no help from the coaching staff. They don't run the football. No, they don't. Sanders should be getting twenty five plus touches a game, and to get nine carries and average almost he averaged five yards plus a carry, and to only give him nine touches. You are not helping out your young quarterback by not running the football. If you want to have a successful quarterback that is in his first or second year in the league, you have to have a run game to help him. They're not using the run game at all. And Sanders is a great running back, a great weapon out of the backfield for the Philadelphia Eagles. And they are completely not just... It's just ridiculous the fact that they're not giving him the football. And it's just... You're putting more pressure on Jalen, and this is what's going to happen. I mean, the stats, as you said, 12 of 26, 115, one touchdown, one interception. He had a rushing touchdown as well. Um, he had two rushing touchdowns, and it just... It, it, it's him versus everyone. Yeah, and I right and now. I think right now with Dallas in your division, if you're Philadelphia... You're not going to win it. You're playing for a second place in that division. And here's the problem, and I, uh, Jason, my friend that's an Eagles fan, said... You know, I guess we're just going to look for a draft pick. And it's sad to say that as after six game of the season. Um, but, but when you have the Cowboys sitting at 5-1, and one, I, that, that division's over. Right. I mean, assuming that Dak and Zeke don't get hurt, that division is completely over. Yep. Speaking of over, the longest losing streak in the NFL is over. I mean, hey, here, here's, here, here's the thing. You, you got this one right. Yeah. On, on your picks. This game was brutal to watch. See, now, I agree with you, but I think that I'm just... I think Miami should have won this football game. I would agree. Um, Tua had a great game. He threw for 329 yards. I mean, 33... Well, here's the, here's the problem. Yes, he threw for 329 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He threw the ball 47 times. That's not a good recipe for a rookie quarterback. Well, that not only that, when you're when you're winning the football game at one point, run the ball. Run the ball. It creates play action. It creates deep shots down the field. You have weapons. You know, Gesecki had a game. 8 receptions, 115 yards from your tight end. That's what you look for. But um you got to give credit. Jacksonville came. They fought. They won. Um, Amid all the distractions. Right, and and this is what I said. I think that this was a game that needed to be won by Urban Meyer. And I think it saves his job for another couple weeks. And and it was interesting. I saw something on Twitter where people like, hey, I think we forgot that Urban Meyer can't actually coach. His clock management down the stretch of this game was absolutely masterful. You have them set up with, I believe it was six seconds left. They're just on their side of the 50. 
and I'm sitting there watching this. I'm like, okay, they're throwing the ball deep. Like that, that's what they're going to do. I was sitting there over at uh, Katie's family's house celebrating my sister-in-law's birthday, and I'm like, they're, they're going to throw the ball deep. And then all of a sudden, checks it down. They check it down, get 15 yards, dive down, first down, timeout, 15 yards shorter field goal, nail it, losing streak over. That that's on Urban as much as it was on Trevor Lawrence to make the throw, which he made a phenomenal throw. It's also on Urban to have the confidence in your young quarterback to say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Because that not only builds confidence in your fan base that, hey, our coach can still coach, but imagine that confidence that they just gave to Trevor Lawrence. Like, hey, we know you're young, but go actually. That was a veteran situation for Trevor to be in. And he performed very, very well. A team who's not performing very well. The Detroit Lions. Jared Goff, 202 yards and a pick. Just not good enough. Yeah. I What you're seeing is a complete just lack of football competence across the board in Detroit. To think for a second that Jared Goff or Matt Stafford was going to somehow be beneficial for Detroit is laughable. Dan Campbell now must be on the hot seat. I get that he's a player, and I get that you know he coaches hard and his players play hard. That's all fine and good. Because the honest truth about this Detroit football team is that Cincinnati, they didn't look good in this football game. No, and, and the, But Detroit is that bad. They, and here's the thing. This game should have been a route. Well, it was a route, but it could have been even worse. Detroit scored all 11 points in the fourth quarter, hit a field goal, and then got a garbage touchdown with three minutes to go when Cincinnati had the subs in and they were just playing prevent defense. I'm telling you right now, Jared Goff was okay in L.A. because of the, of the weapons, of the weapons you have. And now you see what Stafford does when he gets weapons. Yeah. And now you see Jared Goff's like, Wow, and I'm who telling do I, who does he have to throw to? And here's the thing: this is the thing that ends a career. This is the thing that gets you as a backup quarterback somewhere because you just have an awful, awful season somewhere, and now they're just like, all right, time to move on. And I'm telling you, Detroit will. They're going to get the number one pick. They're going to find a quarterback. Jared Goff's going to be a backup somewhere else, and that's that. And and the sad thing is, is that he had. So much potential if they would have kept him yeah. in L.A. But, hey, it's a business. Yes, it is. And the Detroit Lions, business is not good. Nope. Get, hey, really quick. See, I say it every week. Get the bags out in Detroit. I mean, it's an 0-6. Yeah. And, I mean, what's their... so? Let's, they, they are the only winless team. And if you look at their schedule, I do not see a win... So in their Rams, future at Rams loss, Eagles maybe okay, Steelers loss at the Browns loss versus the Bears on Thanksgiving loss versus the Vikings loss at Denver. Eh, I still don't know about Denver, Arizona loss, Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. I say loss. Okay. At Seattle. With Russell lost. Wilson back. Packers lost. Green Bay lost. So, this, another um, 0-16 season. They have to beat the Eagles. Like That game on Halloween is for their season. Yep. And and I mean, that that's just, there's nothing else I, that you can say 
I, I mean, they are they are zero and six. They are the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, Rams giant or sorry, Colts Houston first. Um, wow, jo- Jonathan Taylor, uh, the man. He just runs. And this is the thing. They got that recipe when they almost beat the Ravens on Monday night. And they realized, wow, how much better our offense looks when Jonathan Taylor is doing what he did. 145 yards on 14 carries and two touchdowns. Um, It makes Wentz's job a whole lot easier. And again, granted, it's against a really bad Houston Texans team. But... Indianapolis, that's a game Indianapolis needs to win. And I'm going to tell you right now, the Colts are not out of this division race. The Colts are out of this division race. Uh, I I do not think so. I think, um, obviously, with the big win for Tennessee on Monday night, um, I know that that makes it a little bit more difficult. But you just never know. Like, the Colts are such a wild card team this year. Like, you really don't know what. But if this is their recipe for success. Give Jonathan Taylor the ball, open it up for Carson Wentz, and give him time to throw the football. I think you also see just a complete ineptness that is the Houston Texans. Yeah, they're I just mean, that. There, there's nothing there. No, and you, we've said it now for however many straight weeks it's been. Trade them, get whatever you can for them because you need help. Right, and here's the thing. If you let him walk and get nothing for him, that even puts your your franchise two or three farther steps back than what it already Which is. Which they already are. And and so, I mean, you look, I think it, my problem with the AFC South and saying that Tennessee isn't going to walk with this division is that you look at Tennessee, okay, they still have two with Houston. Guaranteed wins. I I just I don't see anywhere that the Colts make up those two games with the Titans schedule. I just I don't, and I think that I I don't know. I mean the the Titans just they they dominated the Bills in that fourth quarter, and we'll get to that game in a little bit. But I, yes, sure, the Colts can outscore against the Texans. Great, I'm very very happy for them. If the Colts want us, want the rest of football. To actually consider them legitimate, you got to beat the 49ers on Monday night. And then you have to beat, or on Sunday night, it's actually Sunday night. Then you got the Titans on Halloween. Then they don't see the Titans again, where the Colts then still have to go to Buffalo, Buccaneers, and the Patriots. And Arizona. Yeah, Th- those are all four losses. Yeah. So if the Colts want to carry this over, like these next one, two, three, four, they have to go four and zero their next four games. I that that's the only way for the Colts to sit at six and four going in to what will be Week Twelve uh, to have any sort of shot. Uh, speaking of having any short sort of shot, uh, the New York Football Giants. My goodness gracious, could they have looked any more dysfunctional on offense than they did? Yeah, and I on think Sunday. I think Daniel Jones is. It's time for New York to realize that Daniel Jones is not the answer in New York. And I understand very, very good Los Angeles Rams defense, but you cannot throw three interceptions. And by the way, New York, you also probably can't have Daniel Jones throwing the ball 51 times. And how much of this is who they've put ar- the team that they put around him? Yeah. Because, okay, when completely healthy, fine. 
You have Saquon, great. You want the problem is for Saquon to be effective, you have to have an offensive line. And guess what? Their offensive line might be able to block a Mac team for college. Might be able to. I mean, the, the Rams, it was just a field day. And the thing is about this game, it was not as close as the final score makes it seem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the Rams are just, they're just a good football team they are. right now. And there's nothing you're going to do to stop them. And that's the thing. that This is a team that is so good on both sides of the football that I think right now we're the Rams, Tampa Bay, and the Packers are in that three-team sprint for the NFC Championship game, and it, it it's going to be fun to watch. And I mean, how can you not throw Arizona in that mix too? You got four good teams yep. right there in the NFC competing for a championship. And I think you look, Daniel Jones' QBR was six point four. Yeah, uh, that's no muy bueno. I mean. And, but then good. I also go back. They only had 60 yards rushing. Like you can't ask because as much as people say like, oh, he's a young quarterback still. You can't ask a young quarterback to win a game when your team only has 60 yards rushing. Yeah. Uh, big problems in New York. Both the Jets who had the bye as well as the Giants. Um, hey, that's a good week for New York Jets fans. Hey, they didn't lose. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, Chiefs and the football team. Um, here's my take on this huge overreaction by football people in general to this football game. Which is like, ah, Patrick Mahomes finally figures it out. They played one good half. There's a lot of bad throws from Mahomes, though, in that game. I, and that's the thing that gets me. Like, okay, so yeah, sure, they outscored Washington 21 nothing in the second half. But does that just automatically erase the first half with what Patrick did? Like, he was forcing... I, and this is what I see from Mahomes that we didn't see... In previous years, he's forcing the football places that the football does not need to be forced. Yeah, when he's going down, he's do- trying to relive the Super Bowl when he was running for his life and throwing the ball, like going down, and he was putting it on the money. And now he's realizing that's not going to work. No. You're going to turn over the football. And right now, I- I'm telling you, I'm still a little worried if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I mean, how could you not? Is my thing. Yeah, I mean, the the football team. It, okay, so I'm saying that the football team's not good, and realizing that the Packers could very easily get beaten by the football team. Um, I I just the the two picks, and the thing is, it, they're very un what we have grown to know as uncharacteristic Mahomes throws. Yeah, and that's the thing. Now this division is becoming, it is so com. It's like top to bottom, the most competitive division. Eh, you can you could say AFC West, AFC North, as the two most competitive divisions in football. You, we were all talking the NFC West, and now that's kind of now now that's a two team. It's race. a two team race, but like yeah, Denver is a five hundred football team. Are they really a five hundred football team? Probably not. Yeah, they're not. Um so then you're looking at a three team race between the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. And yeah, it's it's gonna be entertaining down the stretch in the AFC. I love that the Vikings almost found another way to lose. Because uh, nobody cares about them. Yeah, and here's the thing. I still don't think Minnesota's that good. No. And I, no. I think Carolina is just 
I think their defense is just not very good. No, it's not. And I you, everyone thought at the beginning of the year that Carolina's defense was going to be the anchor. Yeah, well, I, I, it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's no way about it. When you give up 34 points to the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, now I will I will say this to the defense of the Carolina Panthers. You're still playing without Christian McCaffrey. You're still playing without Christian McCaffrey. That hurts. Yeah. However, figure it out. Yeah. You lost to the Vikings. I hate the Vikings. And here's the thing. Kirk Cousins, uh, 373, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, 140 yards on 29 carries. If you're the Vikings, that has to happen every game. Every if Dalvin game Cook win. is healthy... For you to win. Yep. And Adam Thielen finally had his big game of the season. 11 receptions. 126 and a touchdown. Sam Darnold again kind of underperformed. I mean, gee, 17 for 41. He was 17 for 41. But again, how much of that is he has to throw the ball 41 times a game. When they brought him in, Sam Darnold was not supposed to throw the ball 41 times a game. It was supposed to be, hey, we have Christian McCaffrey. When you lose him, I mean, that would be like taking Derrick Henry. I'm not saying that Chris McCaffrey and Derrick Henry are on the same level, but of equal importance to their offense. Yeah. And you take that away, I don't know. I just can't stand the Vikings. They're stupid purple pants and skull. Why do you feel that way about the Vikings and not the Bears? Because the Vikings have actually given the Packers problems in my lifetime. Oh, okay. Like, I, I mean, that's just it. Like, so since I've been, we'll get there. We'll get there. I, I have two sets of notes for the Bears-Packers game, mind you. I have two sets of notes. Okay. I'm excited to hear I it. have one set of notes for if you're nice to me, the rest of the podcast. And then I don't my, think... my, my other set of notes is literally labeled, if Christian doesn't behave. I, I'm just going to tell you, I've said nothing. I've, I've I know. Been... So, uh, speaking of saying nothing, uh, the San Diego... San Diego. Wow. Los Angeles Chargers offense. Uh, not just... Nothing. Yeah, they talk about laying an egg. This is a week where the Ravens looked very bad for a half on Monday night against the Pack or the Packers against the Colts, and then turn around and he just man. They, I mean, this was if this was so. There's two different things that I can look at this way. Okay, this is just a blip on the Chargers' radar. If I'm a Chargers fan, that's what I say. Okay, this is a blip on the radar, on the road, in Baltimore, whatever. We move on. If I am a Ravens fan, I am now all of a sudden... So here's... I I was sitting looking at this today, okay? So I'm going to read you the rest of the Ravens' schedule. Cincinnati at home. Minnesota at home. At Miami, at Chicago. Browns at home. At Pittsburgh. At Cleveland. The Packers... At the Bengals, Rams, Steelers. So I'm being real looking at this. The Ravens are right now 5-1. and one. I can easily see them going 9-2 and two the rest of the way. Yeah. Through that. Now all of a sudden you're talking about a 14-3 Ravens team. If I'm being honest, at 14-3, that runs away with that division. Runs away with yeah. the division. And I mean, they, they did whatever they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think this has to cement Lamar, and I can't stand Lamar. My favorite Lamar Jackson moment. Do you remember what it is, Christian? Uh, when he lost to Kentucky. That's right. When he did the Heisman, and then he fumbled, and then Austin McGinnis hit a forty-plus yard field goal to win it. Anyways, he is cementing himself as a front runner 
along with Kyler Murray, for the MVP right now. Yeah. I think those two have kind of... And then you got to throw a Derrick Henry in there who we'll get to. But those three, and I think there's a gap. And then there's everybody else right now. Yep. Speaking of a statement game, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I just beat them down. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. In I every mean, way imaginable. This was a... This wasn't just a loss for Cleveland. This is a game where you lose Kareem Hunt. It's a game where you already have lost Nick Chubb. And now you lose possibly Baker Mayfield. He re-dislocates his shoulder again. Now, if you're Cleveland, you have to be careful with Baker. Yep. Now you put into question his availability for this week. Then, next thing you know, you're even farther behind in your division. Then you think, oh, maybe we need to put Baker out there regardless of if his shoulder's okay or not. Then Baker and gets you, hurt you again. Can't do and that. then the longevity of your franchise is now in jeopardy. Um, this this game hurt for Cleveland in more than one way. I think Cleveland's in trouble now with all these injuries. Um, they were without Javaris Landry still. It's just offensively Cleveland's losing weapons. And now if you have a beat-up Baker, you don't know what you're going to get. And it's time to worry in Cleveland. If the Ravens are going to play as well as they did on Sunday, you're you have to win football games, and you can't do it with all these offensive weapons injured. I, the Ravens, are still in that Browns division, and I think you look at the AFC North, you know, because we all thought, oh, well, this is going to be an incredibly competitive division. The Browns are now tied with the Steelers for last place in that division. And again, you look, you're, you are now two games back. Right. And then the question now that you have to ask is, well, where do the Browns pick up those games? Right. Be And I mean, you look now all of a sudden, what's the, whoever made the NFL schedule needs to be fired. So they have the Ravens and Browns playing on November 28th. The Browns didn't have a bye week. And then guess who they play on the 12th? The Ravens again. So you go at the Ravens by week. Ravens at home. Yeah, I hate that. That that's like legitimately. That should be a like. I think Browns Ravens should be like the finale of the season. I I don't understand how the NFL does that. I mean, they're the Browns are playing the back to back games. That makes no sense. Yeah. Well, how often does that? I would love to know how often that happens. I, how, as the NFL, do you allow that to happen? Yeah, that's it, it's very interesting. But really quick, obviously, Arizona, man. I mean... Are they the best team in the NFC right now? I Can you say... How, how do you... How do you say no, but you you still... I mean, you look at Tampa Bay. You, they, look, they, at, you right, look at... But they have the second best point differential in football. Yeah. They've won... Four games on the road. They've only played two games at home. So you know what that means. The majority of their their games games now are are going to be at home. Yep. So they've got to be the front runner in that division, period, because they beat the Rams. So right there, they already hold a tiebreaker and a game up. So it's almost like a a game and a half up in the division until you play the Rams again and if you lose. um, And that's at home for them. I know. And so... Now, I will say... Cardinals got Texans on Sunday. Walk in the park, easy win. Then you got a short week for both the Cardinals and, and the, the Packers. Packers. Yeah. And then the 28th, Packers come to Arizona. That could be the Cardinals' first loss this season. 
But I also think it's such an opportunity for them. Because if on that, sh- on so far, that would have been week eight. So eight, nine. So that'll be week nine. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? No, that'll be week eight. If you're sitting at eight and oh, and you have wins already against the Packers, the Browns, the Rams, the Rams. You all of a sudden, hello. You you're all of a sudden playing for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. It's no longer just oh, we want to win our and compete in our division. It's we want to compete for the whole thing. Yep. And Kyler Murray, man, is he fun to watch? Like, oh, he is. He's just so fun, I, and he makes it look so effortless. Do you think right now? Would you say Kyler Murray this season is having a better season than Patrick Mahomes? Because I say it's one. It's not even close oh, this year. Well, here, let me let me rephrase that question because that makes it a little easier. Do you think it's more enjoyable to watch Kyler Murray this year than it was Patrick Mahomes in his MVP season? I have to preface... So, the, I overthink everything. Like, right, I, right, right. I complicate everything. And the thing that made Patrick Mahomes so fun to watch was that he just had all of those weapons to throw to. Man, but... All the time. Kyler's got weapons, and now you add Zach Ertz, dude. Right, and, and I hear that, but... I see. Here's what I don't know: Are his weapons on the same level? Oh man, I don't. I don't know. D Hop. I, I. That's my problem. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, okay, what? Because Mahomes was such a new, exciting, fresh, right? Like, really, you had Mike Vick in his first couple years who was doing stuff like this, right? And then you hadn't seen his what Mahomes brought, right? So I, I would say that this is just as fun. Also on the grounds of, besides you, I didn't really hear anyone talking about the Cardinals. Man, if the Cardinals win that division, everyone's going to be like, how did he know? I know. it's it's. But I will, I mean, listen to the, just really quick before we move on. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm telling you, Rondell Moore might be the most underrated wide receiver. And he mirrors a Tyree kill for Kyler Murray. I'm telling you this right now. That game with the Packers won't even be close. Oh, geez. Here we go. No, listen. Listen. The Packers secondary is bad. Yeah. Like, the, they're bad. And and it's not because, oh, I don't think the Packers are good. I think the Packers are a decent football team. But you're playing. I think that Arizona is really, really good. And you're playing at Arizona. And you're yeah. playing against. Like, if the Packers go up a t- against a team with a. Bad offense and a good defense, like they did Sunday. Yeah. I'm going to take the Packers all day because yeah. even against a good defense, Aaron Rodgers will find a way to score. When the Packers have to stop people, then it becomes a problem. That's when I get yeah. very, very worried. Um, Vegas and Denver. I think Vegas kind of righted the ship a little bit after you want to talk about just a horrible week. You lose to the Bears. Your coach resigns. Yeah, I they ride the ship a little bit. Um, Denver, not Denver's, good. Denver's not good, and I think we all kind of felt that way after they okay three and zero start, but they beat three teams without wins. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think Vegas might compete in the AFC West, but I I don't. I'm not sold on Vegas yeah, anymore. Either. Neither am I. Uh, Dallas and New England. Um, Mac Jones is going to be a problem for the NFL. Yeah, he's I think good. that's very, very safe to say is that Mac Jones, 
I don't know if it's going to be next year. I don't know if it's going to be the year after that. Mac Jones is going to be a problem for the NFL. And the NFL better get ready because if Belichick stays around and he develops Mac Jones, yeah, it's not going to be good. And are we safe to say that Dallas is going to be a problem for people in the NFC playoff this race? Yes. Absolutely. I, I'm telling you right now, they're my sleeper pick to get to the NFC championship game. I mean, I think that... Because if you look at how you know everything plays out with the one seed getting the bye, assuming Arizona picks up a loss, because I don't think anyone's going to run the table this year. I don't. Arizona picks up a couple of losses somewhere. I mean, you could be looking at Arizona, the Rams, the Bucks, the Cowboys, and the Packers all sitting at th- three losses, four losses, all in there. And then it's... I, yeah, you I could th- be talking about the playoffs going through Dallas, right? And if you would have told me that with Dak having fifty-one passing attempts, like I don't think that that's good for Dak. Thing is, though, thirty-six of fifty-one, four hundred forty-five yards, three touchdowns. Okay. Yep. I mean, okay. You have C.D. Lamb. Who? What a forty-nine. What a game. And then you look. They really did it without too much of a run game. I mean, Zeke only had seventy yards. Yeah, and I and I think, I think Dallas is a real problem. I mean, when you anytime you can go into New England and get a win, it's a um, good day. It's a good day. You beat Belichick. You find a way. Um, and what a game this was! Yeah, it was very enjoyable. A to watch. fantastic, fantastic finish. Yep, the last leg of my parlay. Thank you, Dallas. You got it right, had a boy. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, okay, so where are we with the Seahawks? Because so I'm sitting here. They're not Russell Wilson's birds. No, they're not. And, and Geno Smith sitting there, 209 yards and a touchdown. Fine. I so there's two lines of thinking. Number one, the C, the Seahawks are in trouble without Russ. Line of thinking number two, the Steelers just aren't very good. Yeah, they barely beat a Seattle team, but I will tell you, Seattle's defense played very well in that. Yes, they did. Game. They kept their team in this game, and their run game with Alex Collins there at the beginning of the second half is really what got Seattle back in the football game. Um, did you hear the developments? Adam Schefter tweeting yesterday that the uh, Seattle Seahawks have had conversations with Houston Texans, Cam. Newton. That's terrible. And I said, to me, terrible. that does not, that's a band aid for a situation. Who they should be having a conversation with? The Houston Texans. They should. But here's the thing, though you get, you're going to give up a lot for a rental. So so here's, here's my question, honestly, for the Seahawks, okay? So Russ is out for the foreseeable future. As of right now, you're four games out of the playoffs, or you're four games out of your division lead. You're not making the playoffs this year. Is this one where you just ride it out? Yeah, I would like say. You, you just say, okay, hey, Russ got hurt. You take Russ off of any other team or a Russ-level player off of any other team. They're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Yeah. So you just ride with it. I mean, Geno wasn't bad. You had a chance to win the game. Yeah. Just ride it out. Yeah, I this agree. This isn't your year. I mean, this is like what used to happen like when Rodgers got hurt for the Packers. Like, okay, you're not going to go and try to find a quarterback. You're like, hey, uh, one of the top five quarterbacks in the league just got hurt. What do you want us to do? Right. And, well, and you know who I really think should be calling Houston is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Because they need a long-term solution. Yeah, because Ben is – he's just – he's done. Could you imagine – Combining Deshaun Watson with 
that run game that they have already. The run game, their receivers when Juju's healthy, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Eric Ebron. That's a problem. Yeah, and I if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm making the phone call. Moving to probably the best game of the week. Yeah. Monday night. No doubt. So my question is, is do you look at this more as a statement made by Tennessee or a little bit of a clunker in the fourth quarter for Buffalo? Because, I mean, I think it could be viewed either way. Yeah. One thing that I look at is Buffalo's defense did not really instill any confidence on Monday night. Yeah, I think Tennessee really, this is a statement win for Tennessee. Um, you know, we mentioned that the Colts are staying within their division race, but it's it's by a thin, thin margin. I think this win definitely puts Tennessee in the driver's seat of their division. There's no doubt about it. And now you're in conversations with Tennessee being able to compete with Buffalo, who we have believed to have just run away with this AFC. So here's looking at this Titans team. They play the Chiefs at home on Sunday. Huge game for them. Yes, it is. Then they got to play the Colts. Then they got to play the Rams. After that, I'm going to read you this remaining schedule. Saints win. Texans win. At Patriots should be a win. Jacksonville win. At Pittsburgh should be a win. Versus the 49ers again should be a win. Dolphins should be a win. Houston should be a win. So you could win your last you, eight. You could win games. out. Yeah. I mean the only game on here that if I'm the Titan that if I'm a Titans fan, like my mom and dad are, and I'm looking at the schedule, I'm like, okay, we're losing that game is at the Rams. Yeah. That that's the only one where I think, okay, the Titans probably don't have a shot this week. Yeah. And I mean, I when you have Derrick Henry and you can control the game like they did in that second half, good things can happen. Yep. All right, we're gonna hop to one job. Um, I'll go first. I got mine. It's okay. very simple. Um, when you're the GM of a professional football team, your job is, first and foremost, to put together a competent roster. That's what you have to do. When you are in a big market, the spotlight is much, much bigger on you. Dave Gettleman, GM of the New York Giants, has completely failed. That organization. Since Eli left, the New York Giants have just been a pile of ineptitude and a pile of failure. It starts at the top. Dave Gettleman, you had one One job. job. Um, Mine is from the city of Detroit. Um. This isn't just one job. <laughs> it's everyone's it's, job. It's everyone's <laughs> job. But after this week, you start a season 0-6. This is just becoming a, a a laughable season. For and this is the problem. It's it's not it's not Dan Campbell, right? It, it, it's it's the whole situation up there. It's just, it's not good. Um, You know, you have Miss Ford leading the the team. Um, 
I think Ford Field needs to go. This is kind of like it's time to change things in Detroit. It's time to change a lot of things. It might just be time to find a new place to play football. Get rid of This is so. I'm just... The St. Louis Lions does not sound oh, bad. Oh, my good. What? Really? I'm just saying the city of are Detroit. We, are we still recording? Okay, we're still recording. You you are the Lions to leave Detroit. I think it's time to find something new. When have you had anything in Detroit? Who wants to go play in Detroit? Which I mean, yeah, St. Louis not much better. But I'm saying you got to do something. Detroit Lions owner Sheila Ford Hamp. You have one job. You're not doing that job. It's time to do something drastic to change the culture of your football team. Miss Ford, you have one, one job. job. Was that a shocker? I don't even know what to say. Hey, listen, you get a game on Thanksgiving every year. What else you got? Really? Man. Okay, like this. Wow. Yep, okay. Hey. I almost want to do our picks first just so we can spend the rest of the time talking about this. Oh, are we are we doing the standings here? Oh, sure. Why not? Real quick. Real quick. Rattle them off. I mean, we, we can rattle these off. I mean, if you look, I think really there's only one real surprise uh, as we look at these standings. So this is like our third of the way look into the standings of where we think and who's going to... So so the AFC East, it's exactly what we thought it would be. Yeah, Exactly Bills. what we thought. It's the Bills and it's everybody else. The North, I think it's kind of what we all expected. Everyone within two games, everyone can be anyone on any given day. But I think it's still the Ravens division to win. 100%. AFC South, I know you said that the Colts are still in it. Okay. Uh, if the Colts haven't closed this gap, or if the gap's gotten bigger in the next three weeks, this division's over. Yeah, it's it's uh, Titans' division to win. The AFC West, you have the Chargers. Everyone's within one game. Yeah, I think this is the most... This division could flip-flop every single week. Correct. And I think what's funny about this division is the only team with a minus point differential is the team that's in first place. Right. Well, based on tiebreakers. I, yes. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And do do we say it's still the Chiefs division no. as, as the last place football team in this division? I, my problem with saying that it's the Chiefs division is I still have not seen the Chiefs put together a full game. Probably since, like, I, I, I don't, I don't, have they put together a full football game this, nah, this I year? I don't know. I, I don't think so. And so I, I think if you look at the AFC, like, if you were to ask me today... I, the only division where I might pick someone else to win the division is the AFC West. Would be the only one. I everything else. Titans I think will run away with the South. Ravens I think are going to win the North. Bills. It's I, that division yeah. was over before the games even started. Yeah. Um. I mean, are we on pretty much agreement with that? Yeah, I would agree. But I'm th- I'm t- I'm picking the Chargers to win the West. Okay. So I I, I, I think. 
throw the Broncos out. I don't think the Broncos are going to be relevant. I don't think the Raiders are going to be relevant either. So I think you have either the Chargers or the Chiefs. I how how fun would it be if like it, it, I think this is a division that could come down to the last week of the season. I really wish they played each other the last week of the season. They don't. Um, the Chargers, I'm going to guess, have the Raiders because the Chiefs have the Broncos. So, let me see. Yes, that is true. So, I mean, I think uh, until someone proves that they can outlast the Chiefs, yeah. I think you have to stick with the Chiefs. Uh, the NFC, I, I feel like it's the exact same way. I feel like every division is In- pretty cut and dry. Except for the West. Until you get to the West. Yeah. Because the Cowboys are far and away the best team. In the East, Packers. The, in the, the Packers are the best team in a not great division. The Buccaneers are far and away the best team in the South, and then you get to the West, and the only difference here is in the West, it's two teams. It's either the Cardinals or it's the Rams, and I still I have a hard time picking against the Rams. I don't know why. To think about this though, like in the NFC, like there are five teams that are set for the playoffs. Cowboys, yes. Packers, Bucks, Cardinals, Rams. That's six, seven wild card spot. It, it could be literally Point any, flip. but it, like flip. Vikings, Bears, Panthers, maybe the Niners, the Saints. Like, man, it gets it can get interesting. It can, and I think that's the best part. So, I mean, again, I think the only division that I think flip flops by the end is the NFC West. I think the Ram... And, and again, this is assuming that everything stays healthy. Right. And I know you're going to say, no, you're, you're holding with the Cardinals. I am. Saying, I'm right. absolutely holding with the Cardinals. And, and I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, they have the second best point differential in all of football. Yeah. Um, all right. I Your take first for our rivalry round table. Okay. Um, because I know what mine is. So I'm, I'm just going to stop and say that it was a very disappointing game. Um, from a Bears fan's perspective, um, what a what a way to start the game though to get a get the get the Packers to go three and out, get the football, go down and score. I was like, let's let's go. I thought we were in, in serious business. Oh, trust um, me, I was getting texts about your antics. So then, where the where the game took a turn for me. Now, Josh, anyone in the world, anyone in our world that knows me, knows that I mimic the Aaron Rodgers cadence better than any human being on the face of the planet. <laughs> Why is that cadence so good? Because he gets people to jump off sides. And he gets the call every time. But when a rookie quarterback does it, and the guy is clearly offsides. There's not even it's not even in question. Like, and I'm again, this game was not decided by a ref, but the game turned when Justin Fields believed he had a free play, threw the ball downfield for an interception. That takes away a 10-0 game and flips it completely on its side, going in the half, bears down 10-7. To me, completely changed the momentum of the game did it change how the outcome was going to be i don't know but i will say the bears had all the momentum in the world you get a guy you can't you can't even argue that that guy was not offsides he was offsides correct 
It changed the momentum of the football game. But at the end of the day, if you're the Bears, you have to be more consistent on the offensive side of the ball. Here's the problem. Justin Fields took bad sacks in the game that took the Bears out of field goal position. People are going to get mad about it. Like, oh, you got to throw the ball away. Guys, you don't understand. This is a guy in college, when he was in trouble, he could get away from about anyone. It's going to be a learning curve that it's going to take time for him to realize you can't outrun guys in the NFL. Period. You have to throw the ball away. It's going to take time. I'm okay with this rather than the Andy Dalton thing. 100%. The Bears did not get blown out by the Packers. It was a one possession football game, the whole game, until the end. And then you got to play hurry up, you got to try to do things, and it just happens. The Bears were in this football game the whole way. The, are the Packers that much better than the Bears? I don't think so. I think the Bears are right. They're not that far off. Like, the Packers are the better football team. But you can't tell me that that Bears defense doesn't keep them in the game. But again, I have a. if this game was in Green Bay, I'm feeling great if I'm a Bears fan. But because this was the game at home, this hurts. It hurts their chances at the NFC North title. And it definitely hurts their chances of a playoff berth. And especially now you got to turn around and go to Tampa Bay this week. If the Bears find a way to beat Tampa Bay, okay, we're back in it. But I have a hard time believing that. But the Bears' schedule does get a little bit lighter after they play the Bucks. They go. They play at home against the 49ers. In Pittsburgh, I'm not as afraid of Pittsburgh anymore. Uh, the Ravens, at least we get the Ravens at home. That's a little bit of an easier game, but it's not a it's not a game that I'm chalking up as a win. And then you get the Lions. So right there, you're looking at possibly three and one. But um, and now the Bears put uh, I don't know if anyone heard that uh, the Bears just put Robert Quinn on the COVID list. That hurts on Sunday as well. Um, if if he cannot return. I don't know if he's vaccinated or not or what the deal is there. But, again, um, rough game for the Bears. I'm One thing I did want to say, I really like Khalil Herbert, man. I think he's a, good, he's a good running back to have to complement Montgomery. I think that now you look at Montgomery, you get Williams, and you get Herbert. Those are three good running backs. And you, everyone forgets they also have Tariq Cohen if he ever decides to come back. Those are four really good running backs. Well, and I think that one of those guys can become trade bait. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, and I think and it once you get Montgomery back this year, obviously I don't think you trade him mid-year, but now all of a sudden you can be sitting in you know a set where you have Fields and Shotgun flanked on either side, Herbert on one side, Montgomery on the other. Play action, zone reads, changing plays at the line, all of a sudden now becomes an option. Yeah, and I, I think when the Bears get Montgomery back, it will definitely help this offense a tremendous amount. Um, but again, very disappointing game on Sunday. Am I calling it a season? No. Bears are still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. We just talked about that. Those 6-7 and seven seed in the... In the NFL playoffs and the NFC side of things is wide open for the Bears. Um, they're actually in one of those spots with that record as of right now. But 
you're going to have to play better football on the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side, no problems. The defense is good. Um, just can't fall for Rodgers' stupid pump fakes. And yes, Aaron Rodgers, we all know it, that you own us, and we cannot wait to see you in a different uniform very soon. Um, but uh, it was a rough game on Sunday for me. And I, But I'm not calling it a season. Um, I'm excited to see what they do in Tampa Bay this week, see if maybe they can respond. Um, the Bucks didn't look all that great against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a really bad defense. Bears might be the best defense besides the Rams that the Bucks have seen all season long. We'll see. Um, but again, I'm happy with seeing Justin Fields' progression. Um, we're just going to continue to get better. We'll see how it goes. I would also like to point out Josh Russell picked the Bears this week, and I just, I did. And just I did. waiting to hear what he has to say. So here's, so the Bears went down, had that great first drive. Yeah, great first drive. So I hear people when they talk about that non-offsides call. I hear them. I understand that thought process. Here's my. Here's my problem with that line of thinking. You had the run that Herbert had the first play of that drive for 25 yards. After that, you had 5, 4, 1, 3. It's not like you were really moving the ball on that drive. Because let's say, okay, yep, offsides gets called. You're third and two. Well, and then I believe then that becomes a... uh a two-play situation because you're at the about the Which, 42. fine. But nothing is saying it's not like, you know, they jumped off sides at the 20 so that it was going to be guaranteed points. You, people, you can't say that this drive was guaranteed points because you go back to the punt that the Bears had, uh, I believe it was the drive before they made it 17-14. No, it wasn't that. When Fields took a really... It was on their turnover on downs. The drive on turnover on downs. You had third and 15 from the Green Bay 37. Okay? Or you go first and 10 from the Green Bay 32. Sack for minus 12 yards. Second and 22. Okay? Run for 7 yards. Then, third and 15. Sack for 11 yards. What you do have throughout the course of that game is a history of Justin Fields taking bad sacks. There's nothing there that tells me, hey, you know what? Instead of this turning into, uh, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to go down. They're definitely going to get points. Could they have done that? Yes, absolutely they could have. Where the game turned on its head was that the next drive for the Bears, three plays minus three yards. Next drive, nine plays, 20 yards. Drive after that, four plays, 19 yards. They went four straight punts on four straight drives after that. That's where the game changes because you are not a good enough offense or maybe perhaps their play calling changed after that play. Their play calling changed. They stopped taking the big shots downfield. Yeah, I would agree. They stopped with that. They ended up trying to run, just runs up the middle, runs up the middle, runs up the middle, short little passes. All day, please. 
Yeah, especially against a depleted Green Bay secondary. secondary. We're down our top two corners, and one of our top corners is Kevin King, who can't guard a shadow. Yeah, and I, That's where the game turns for me, is that, yeah, okay, there was a missed call. Fields ends up throwing an interception. But it was almost like from that point forward, they're like, I, you know what, we don't trust Justin Fields anymore. When you go back to that first drive, he carved the Packers. Mm-hmm. And after that first drive, I'm sitting there and I'm like, huh. This could actually be a thing. And then you have one rookie mistake. He didn't see the flag, but he's trained to do that. If I'm a Bears fan, the problem with Mitch, the problem with Jay at the end of his career was, hey, when they got those what they thought were free plays, they wouldn't take those shots. No, they throw He did exactly what he was supposed to do. The official missed the call. Fine. Then the Bears' mindset changed. They went from playing to win the plane did not lose. Yeah, I agree 100%. And that's where that game changes. It doesn't change because they don't make an offsides call. It changes because the Chicago Bears let that missed call dictate to them how they played the game. Because then, right after that, what happens? Aaron Rodgers takes the Green Bay Packers down 12 plays, 80 yards. Guess what? Boom. You're off to the races. Now, all of a sudden, and you could see it. I was sitting in a room full of Bears fans. You know what their thought process went as soon as Rodgers had an 80-yard drive? Here we go again. And it was just like the tone instantly went negative. Why? Because as Aaron so eloquently put, he owns them. It's no longer just a matter of who has the better football team. This is a mental thing now. And it's so much on the Bears coaching staff. Matt Nagy has beaten the Packers once in his tenure here. And he let one play dictate his entire philosophy with the game. What does that prove to me? He's got to go. He's not good for this team. I agree with you. The Bears aren't that far away. But as long as Matt Nagy is the coach of the Chicago Bears, as long as Ryan Pace is the general manager of the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears will never be a legitimate threat in the NFC. I don't care how good Justin Fields is. He's going to be good. But if you still have Matt Nagy and his coaching staff, who whenever things get a little bit difficult, now all of a sudden we're going to go run up the middle, run up the middle. Oh, let's try a three-yard slant across the middle. Oh, here's a four-yard out. You're not going to win that way. It's it's not. And here's the thing. If you're the Bears, I mean, I hate to say it, four and six is looking like a very real reality on Thanksgiving, because if you don't, okay, so let's say you lose to the Bucks. Now all of a sudden, you're at three and four. You have to beat the Niners at home. Mm-hmm. You have to. Because then you got the Steelers. And I, the thing about the Steelers' defense is that the Steelers' defense can still play. They're getting healthy. Now all of a sudden, then you go, you got to play Baltimore. The Bears are not beating the Ravens. They're, they're just not. So, I I don't know. Like, if something does not change in Matt Nagy's philosophy for the Chicago Bears, I, I it's just it's so hard to watch. Yeah, and well, and I don't think I I'm excited about what's to come. I really am. Like with the Bears, I think that it's it's nice to see a quarterback that you just you know he's got it. You just know that he's going to be good. But now you have to develop him 
You have to have the right people around him to get him to succeed. And the thing is, that's not Matt Nagy. Yeah, and I... It's just, it's not. He's doing a better job coaching when he's not calling plays. But he need the whole team needs to realize that you can't stop taking shots because a young quarterback makes a mistake. He's gonna make mistakes, and you're the only way he learns is by keep ta- by keep taking those shots. But I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm. We're still bearing down. Bear down, baby. Right, and again, I think this is something. How do I put this nicely? I think a lot of Bears fans, not specifically you, because I think you were so realistic. The Bears had to play perfect to beat the Green Bay Packers on Sunday. Yeah. They didn't play perfect. But I think there are a lot of Bears fans who they're like, oh, well, we've won two games in a row. We're, we're going to be okay. Your two wins were against a Raiders team who were going through their head coach who was about to get fired and the Lions. The thing, I heard an insane stat that in 50% of the games that Matt Nagy has coached, the Chicago Bears have scored less than 20 points. Yeah, it's not good. But you, he just... Yeah, I don't know. Now, from a Packers standpoint, okay, you played you played bad against a not great team and you still won. Fine, you're on the road. Like we said about every other team, you don't care what it looks like on the road. You take your win. You get out of there. For the Green Bay Packers, this next five, six games will tell you everything you need to know about who this Packers team is. Okay, so you got the football team at home on Sunday. You got to take care of your business. Then you go at Cardinals, at Chiefs, Seahawks, obviously without Russ, at Minnesota. Oh, he could be back for he that He could. One. I don't think he will. But that's at Lambeau. You don't have to go to the 12th man. At Minnesota against the Rams. That's a rough stretch. There's your season. Who are you? Okay, so you're 5-1 right now. What are you going to be after this stretch? Because, and here's, here's the thing. You have to win one between the Cardinals and the Chiefs. You have to win one of those. If if you win both, uh, you're going to hurdle into the conversation of best teams in the NFL. You win one of them, okay. I mean, I think any reasonable person would end up... I'd say Packers over Chiefs right now. My only thing is that's at... Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, but if you can go on the road and either beat Arizona in the desert or beat Kansas City in KC, you win one of those, then all of a sudden you're sitting at what will be then seven and two. Fine. Absolutely fine. You you have no worries. Then you got to beat the Seahawks. You got to beat the Vikings. You do that. You're 9-2, setting up a huge showdown with the Rams, thankfully in Lambeau. 9-2, Rams will probably be 10-1, 9-2. I think that game becomes less of an issue because of Stafford at quarterback. Having played at Lambeau before, I think that makes that game even more interesting. Yes. So... Um, and I mean rematch of playoffs and I mean everything else that it carries with you. But I mean th- this is I don't know if there's a team in the NFL who has a tougher middle stretch of their season because Bay. then yeah. you come back from that. Okay, so then the Packers got the Bears uh the 2 weeks after they played the Rams and then you got to go to Baltimore. 
So in the course of the next month and a half, the Packers are going to play the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Ravens. And the Bears. And three of those are on the road. Yeah. That's tough, man. Yeah. So let's see who we are. And you know what? If I'm being honest, you go two and two in that stretch. Okay. Like, I'm fine. Thrilled with that. Um. So I think we kept it civil. Yeah. With the, and I think my thing is like <sighs> I I I'll be honest with you I was I was steaming Sunday cuz just because of how excited I was for that game and just to see the Bears lay an egg the way they did in the second half it just it stunk. Well really the second and third quarter. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. All right. So <laughs> so Fields goes down brings him within 17-14. And I'm sitting on the couch couple of uh so it's my sister-in-law's husband my wife's cousin and i told him i said okay well you know how this drive is going to go probably within the first two or three plays it was the drive where rogers goes down and then he threw threw that ball to Devonte for like 50 correct. and yeah so then so here's how the how it started run no gain lazard 13 yards Incomplete pass, Devontae for 41. Yeah. And that I mean, within the first five plays, you're like, oh, this is one of these drops. Yeah. And you just knew. Like at that point, you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, and I he's said he's gonna ice it. Yeah, and I said if you if you don't if you give up a touchdown here, the game's over. Yeah. And honestly, I'm sitting there, so the Packers got the ball back with like eight minutes and change left. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, five, six minute drive. I it was like a four minute drive. What fine. Um, but I mean, at that point, the the Bears are not a team that can come back from a no. huge deficit. So it, that wraps up week six, and I mean, I think it's a lot of okay. This is, I mean, the Bears are five hundred, which is probably right about what we said they would be. Yeah. Uh, the, the next four weeks, I think, are pivotal for both of our teams, and I think they're pivotal for different reasons. Yeah. I think if you're the Bears, two and two. Yeah. You go go two and two. And then you'll be okay. Because like you said, now with seven teams getting into the playoffs, you finish the year nine and eight, you're probably squeaking into that seven spot. Yeah. Four and four over these next or two and two over these next four keeps you in that conversation. Yep. That brings us to our picks. Uh again, just bad week last week for both of us. I, th- I think we just move on from that. I don't even yeah. think we need to talk. It was a weird week of football. Yeah. Can you say the Shakira line though? Because it's not a it's not a pick segment. Oh, we're on tonight. You know our picks don't lie. I sang it for you this. Yeah, week. That was that was that was awesome. Um, this week we are without a yeah no no guest picker this week. It, uh, it's kind of like a. This is the only night we have to do the podcast Correct. because Christian's going to Vegas tomorrow, and and I had volleyball, yeah, it's you know, just, work stuff last night, and so we're just kind of like, hey, I come over after you sat through seven hours of parent teacher conferences. Yep. So it's like this is a week off of the guest pick. We'll, uh, we'll have one back next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring we'll them back next one. week for sure. So if uh, you're interested in a listener, uh, get a hold of yeah, one of get us. Get a hold of us. You know, you can come on here talk just absolute trash to each of us. Yeah, uh, we'd love it. Uh, Opening up Denver at Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to take Cleveland in this one again. I don't buy Denver. Yeah, um, I'm I'm going Cleveland as well. It, uh, again, a beat up Cleveland team is better than Denver, I believe. So um, I'm going Cleveland. 
Uh, thankfully, we're going money line on these because there are some spreads this week that you just go, that's a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of them. Football team and the Packers. Uh, Packers getting nine and a half. Uh, I think Chase Young off that edge, like that could be a problem for the Packers. Um, but I, st- I still think the Packers win this football yeah. game. Yeah, easily Green Bay at home. Um, riding high on a, a win last week. And I, I think going playing at home... A 10, a 10 a.m. game Vegas time. Um, <laughs> Have fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll but we'll be we'll, we'll be watching. So Green, uh, Green Bay. I, and this is a line that really surprises me in the Kansas City Tennessee game. Tennessee beats Buffalo at home, and then just a complete smack in the face. No respect. Vegas is like Kansas City minus four and a half. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans this week. Okay. Um, I'm going Kansas City. I think. Uh, this is a do-or-die game for Kansas City. I think Kansas City loses this game um, with a possibility of the, you know, the Chargers. I think they have a bye this week. Um, so you're looking at trouble if you lose this football game. So I'm going Kansas City. I, the only reason I think Tennessee has an edge, one, it's in Nashville. Two, I think that their style of play on offense could present problems because how do you stop a good offense? You keep them off the field. And I think Tennessee's run game could possibly keep Kansas City off the field. Uh, plus, I just want to throw in, you know, mom and dad. Be like, hey, you know, I'm supporting your team this week. Right. Talk about a horrid matchup. Like, I, why would anyone watch why, that? Might as well send I think we should you send it to London. Yes, right. You send it to England. That's our thing Nobody now. What, we, send them to London. I vote. Here we go. Listeners of LNR, we officially have a new thing where send we pick one game a week that we send to London. I love this. This, this is it. This is the London game. So, um, go ahead, Josh. Who you got? Atlanta. All right. Um, I'm going Miami. I think Miami responds. Uh, I think they look really good. I think they're playing at home. They got Tua. I'm going Miami. Uh, whenever I see this next matchup, uh, I, I guess is whenever I just see the New York Jets. The first thing that I think of... When I think of the New York Jets, is the butt fumble. I was going to say, this is a butt fumble game, right? <laughs> it's a butt fumble game. So I'm taking the Patriots. Yep, I'm also taking the uh, Mac Jones's Patriots. These are, should we say Big Matt's Patriots or something? Big Matt. Big Max Pats. Yeah. They're, they're, they're there we go. That, that's a These are Big Max Pats. There we go. Uh, Panthers and Giants. Uh, who? Again, two very struggling football teams, uh, but I think Carolina's struggling a little bit less given the Panthers. Yeah, I think Carolina responds this week. Uh, loss, bad, bad loss against Minnesota last week. Uh, Sam Darnold has got to play better. I think he responds. Uh, Philly and, uh, sorry, Cincinnati and Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore. My upset pick of the week. Hey! Who day? Who I'm day? picking... Cincinnati, hooday, I think. Hooday, hooday. Uh, I think Baltimore has a huge game against Chargers. Big, big week for a letdown game. Uh, Cincinnati is a very good football team. Uh, Joe Burrow puts up points, beats Baltimore on the road. That's my upset pick of the week. I like it. Eagles and the Raiders. You will be in Vegas. Uh, I, I assume you're. Not going to try to get tickets to this one? No, I, I am not going to try to get tickets to this game. Um, I'm taking the Raiders. I mean, I just I don't think Philly has 
what it takes to compete with the Raiders. Right yeah, now. I'm also picking the Raiders. Uh, I think. Fantastic. I think uh, the the Raiders are going to play well at home. I'll be there, not at the game, but I'll be close. Shout out to whoever wants to from the Raiders. Go ahead and hang out with me on. on <laughs> Could you imagine, like you're walking through the airport? They're like, "Win free tickets to Sunday's game," and then you just end up like winning free tickets to. the I Raiders wouldn't go because the Bears play at the same time. Who cares? I would sell them. Sell no, them for no. for billions. You wouldn't get billions. I'd probably get like five hundred bucks. But I mean, here's the thing: like the cheapest tickets on StubHub right now are going for one hundred ninety dollars. Okay, so That's, maybe you do sell them. Uh, Detroit and the Rams. Uh, <laughs> this is our first. How many? Oh, Rams by a billion. I mean, it's not even going to be. like I think a billion might be low on the uh, 15-point spread. Hey, you know what this is, though? This is the Stafford revenge game. I think Stafford might throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, give and me I the, think that Jared Goff might have four picks. Yeah, I'm going Rams by 25. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Jaguars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the biggest spread of the week is in the next game, Texans in Arizona. Arizona minus 17. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the week for a teaser. If you don't know what a teaser is, you can put points towards a team with a big spread or even a small spread that you want to sway it one way or another. I would tease Packers, Rams, Cardinals, Bucks this week. I would honestly, you know, you, I mean, tease them and get a, the spread even higher so that way they like. You think seven? You had seven and a half to Rams, Detroit, or seven and a half. You really think the Cardinals are going to win by twenty-four and a half points? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think twenty-one is realistic. Twenty-four and a half—that's a lot of points. Correct. It is. It's a good but, week for the teaser. But I'm still taking the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm still taking the Cardinals because we're not picking against the spread. Correct. Cardinals by a billion. Uh, Tom Brady's about to throw for seven hundred yards. Bucks win by twenty. Um, I'm picking the Bucks this week. I'm not picking the Bears. Um, I don't. I just have a hard time thinking that the Bears go into Tampa Bay and get a win. If this game was in Chicago, it might be a little different story. Um, I'm hoping what this is, Josh, is like a a situation where I'm picking the Bucks and I come back here and I get to say I was wrong. I don't know if I'll get to do that. I really, really <laughs> hope I'm wrong. But I need. I'm yeah, down by eight picks to you. Yeah, I need you, to stop doing this. Something. So if I pick the Bears here and the Bears lose, and then I'm really in trouble. Yeah. So I'm picking the Bears, or I'm picking. I'm picking Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, mean, I wish I was picking the just Bears. Just go back through, edit that audio a little bit. Yeah. I'm picking the Bears. You just right. leave everything else. No. I what? A, okay. So last week we had great Sunday night games and great Monday night games, and then this week we get Colts and Niners and Saints and Seahawks. Good. Yeah. Uh, I guess give me San Francisco. I do think that Indy poses some interesting matchups, but I think San Francisco Sunday night. I'll take the Niners. Not super confident in it, but I will take the Niners. I'm taking the Colts. I think Colts get a win on the road in San Francisco. This is a must-win game for the Colts to stay in the division. Give me the Colts. Uh, Saints and Seahawks to round out the week. Saints getting five here seems awfully high, but I think that the Seahawks are 
They're struggling right now. But I think a Monday night game in front of the 12s might be exactly With what the... Geno Smith's birds need. Uh, so give me Geno Smith's Hawks. Um, I'm I'm going New Orleans. Um, I just don't see a reason to believe in the Geno Smith's birds yet. Um, I know he didn't play awful. That defense kept him in the game. Um, yeah, I, I just... I know it's tough playing in the 12th man, but I'm going New Orleans. I think New Orleans has a good game. Pulls one off on the road on Monday night. All right. Well, probably one of our shorter episodes. We got a lock of the week, though, man. Oh, it's the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's your lock of the week? Lock of the week. Mine is nine and a half. Okay. Well, my, my lock of the week is um, is Las Vegas minus three. I think Vegas, really? yeah, I think Vegas wins by a you, touchdown. You know all of a sudden that you're like you're going out to Vegas now, and you're just like all everything. No, nah, I just up really like that. I like that bet well, this week in Detroit or not Detroit, uh, Philly is. Yeah, you, I just I really like Vegas at home minus three. They played really well last week, and I, I like I like Vegas as my lock of the week. All right, yeah, it is our. I think this might be our shortest, shortest episode ever. Well, and I think it is because we don't have a guest picker. So we don't have a guest picker. There's no real intros there. Uh, and also, I mean, we're down games. I mean, with four teams on buys now, you're down two additional games every week. Yeah. And, so. And listen, as a, as a teacher that just went through the gauntlet known as parent-teacher conferences, um, I'm not upset about a shorter show. Um, I'm excited to come back next week rejuvenated and ready for a good show with a new guest picker. Um, it'll be fun. Well, buddy, uh, safe travel to you and the missus. Thank you. Uh, heading out to the uh, S- Silver City, Is that what City of Lights. I don't know. What I don't know what it's called. Sin City. Sin City. Uh, make, make sure keep, keep yourself in one piece. Yep. Uh, you know what happens in Vegas. Comes back with you. A hundred percent. So for Christian and Josh, I get the pleasure of saying, go Pack Go. Cause we gon' blow your mind